and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. It's the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. Joined today by my wife. Hello, darling. Hey. And by my nephew, Colby. Hello. Hello, Colby. 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 Colby, you sound very lovely, but I noticed that you're clutching the boom of your microphone unusually. Yeah, it's trying to escape me. Oh, I, no. I could dial that down a bit while you tighten the thingy. Colby leaves us oh, temporarily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's actually got a creeping mic. Uh, which is what they call it in the uh, in the industry. A creeping mic. He's, uh, you can't hear this, listener, but he's oh, really wailing on the thing. Welcome back, Colby. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about y'all? Nice. They'll never notice Great. that we never, did that. Never, never good. Notice, yeah. And uh, you're in your, your Maui-built Praying Hands t-shirt, ready for the podcast? Yes, I came prepared. You look good. And darling? I am unprepared, but I am here. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. That's, yeah, he always does. So we're in Matthew, Matthew. 9, nine. Uh, and uh, this is Jesus healing the paralytic and uh, slightly different treatment to a different gospel, but uh, you still get uh, this, this man who appears with what looks like a very obvious physical problem, receiving a very obvious spiritual remedy and a physical one as well. Does anybody wish to read it for us? Yeah, sure. I can read it. For yes, you. Uh, look at that. Yay, Colby. Right, so I'm reading from the New American Bible Revised Edition. Will that be a problem? It'll be none of a problem. Okay. He entered a boat, made the crossing, and came into his own town. And there, people brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Courage, child, your sins are forgiven. At that, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Why do you harbor evil thoughts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He rose and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were struck with awe, and glorified God, who had given such authority to human beings. Thanks, Colby. That's a great uh, translation. Yeah, it's got it nice, really, really, really cool nice. sound. Yeah. Well, it sounds nice from Colby as well. It does. He's got a very lovely radio voice. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. Should have thought of having him on earlier. I know. You've only nice lived with us for saloon. like three months. So we are looking at this this passage of the paralytic. And uh, there's so many different ways you could go with it, but I don't, I don't know if any particular aspect strikes you before we really dig into it. Well, one thing that jumped out to me when I was doing my initial readings of this, and maybe this is just something completely out of left field, mm-hmm. was almost the double meaning that Jesus was giving them mm. when he was confronting the Pharisees about what they were saying. At mm. least I assume that they're Pharisees. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he confronts them first in their minds. It's, you know, it's like his psychic powers resensing them because he's God. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, there's <laughs> like uh, like like that guy from Red Alert, the computer game, <laughs> Yuri. Yeah, Yuri. Okay. Um, you know, first when he says, "Why do you harbor evil thoughts?" I thought, you know, what is evil about thinking blasphemy? Mm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you sort of have this feeling when you sense something like, "Oh, that's blasphemous." Right. Right. But it's blasphemous because it's coming from their own pretensions and it's being used against God. Right. Yeah, their accusation of Jesus blaspheming is itself blasphemy. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's cool. Um, but then the next thing that mm-hmm. is really the thing where when Jesus says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to rise and walk. Yeah. My initial gut reaction is that they're both equally the same because they're just words. Mm-hmm. But from there, mm. the words are creation to God. So mm. for Jesus to say, which this is, is easier, stuff. and for they're both to be the same ease. Oh, ease, yeah. That's an assertion of his divinity. Yeah, which we saw last week with this word go, and then the demons go, and then we saw it with the, the centurion when, when he says, just say the word and he'll be healed. Mm. And there's that link that we've had a couple of times in this series of, um, you know, we always figure out what the series is about halfway through. Uh, but you have this idea of, of what he says is, and that is only true of God. Right. Cool. Yeah, that's a really good point because I could say to somebody, "You're you're healed," and they're not healed because my words wouldn't do that yeah. unless I had a leading of the spirit and had been praying and really mm. felt like he was working through me to do a healing. Mm. But what it shows is that his words are powerful. Yeah. He speaks, and there's life, which means he could only be. Who he claims to be. Right. And I think we're also missing mm-hmm. the third miracle, which is that he's reading their minds. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, he just reads minds. He does that. But So does Yuri from the video so game does, Red Alert 2. Oh, I wasn't aware. Yuri's Revenge, was which also, Colby and I played for many years. Okay, okay. So yeah. not just Jesus then. No. <laughs> no, no there's, there's, there's also, <laughs> that's right. Ah, Right. The I two of them. The big two. Things, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole wrench in my theology. Yeah. But they're going to love this part in Russia where many of our listeners are from. Mm. So we also have, as was Yuri. Mm. So we, we have, um, I think, Colby, you'll correct me. You're more detailed on this stuff than me. I'm pretty sure he's from Russia. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a few clues in the game. So uh, you have this, this really wonderful sense that what he says is and uh, another feature of, of these um, these these healings that we've seen is that they're all pointing towards something bigger later. So a, a healing now is a snapshot or a foretaste of an ultimate restoration when he returns. So there's clearly a link between um, physical healing and, and spiritual healing mm-hmm. in all of these, but it's really clear here. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I, I think also what what we're brought back to in this passage is th- they bring this friend to him and they think clearly what he needs is a physical healing. And what Jesus does is give him what everyone, what every one of us needs beyond any kind of physical anything. And that is the spiritual restoration, the forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. and being brought into a relationship with him. And that healing is for the paralytic, but it seems like the physical healings are more for the crowd. Mm. So they're not only just for the person being healed. In fact, 
the signs and wonders are really so that others will mm. be brought into the yeah. wonder of what God is all about. No, that's a good point, because the crowds here are very different from the crowds last week. Yes. The crowds last week begged Jesus to leave. Mm-hmm. And these ones, um, my, my translation said afraid, but I think, Colby, in verse 8 of yours, you said something else. When yeah, the crowd saw it, they struck were... Struck with awe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty good translation, I think, struck mm. with awe. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and it, what, what also stuck out to me was that it says, they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like they, they still hadn't clued in to like, this no. is God. <laughs> the, the, the whole point right. of it is, right, for all of us. Yeah. Jesus is God. And I think it's also a real word to us, just that our people looking at our lives and our actions and the mm. things that we do yeah. and giving glory to God who has given such authority to well, like your translation said, called the human beings, right? We have the same power mm. that Jesus had or that God had to raise Jesus from the dead. We mm. have that power within right. us through the Spirit. And people yeah. should be looking at our lives and glorifying God right? because of that authority and power. Well, even, even the language is kind of funny, right? Because, uh, you know, he says, uh, rise, which can mean, can mean wake up, um, or something like that. Uh, and then he says, um, go home. And, you know, resurrect and, and come home. It could be a really shorthand version of, of what it is we hope people will do. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a very, very uh, resonant thing with what he's actually doing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also, we are talking in one of my groups about um, the shame that comes with these old, um, these old sinful past, these old sinful fleshy people that we have been. And even with illnesses or whatever, what we think and are afraid of people are labeling us as brings with it a bunch of shame and feeling like the work of the cross hasn't been done. We keep kind of denying the power of the cross by saying like, yeah, yeah, I know that I'm, I've been healed, but I'm, I feel like I'm still that same old person. And it seems to me that if he's reading the thoughts of the Pharisees, when they bring this man to him, maybe he's reading, maybe that's a clue that he's reading his thoughts. And what he's feeling is, I feel like a sinful person because I, ha- I am paralyzed. And with that comes this cloak of shame. And so Jesus knows that what's better for him is not to be able to get up and walk, but it's to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. We have this, um, you know, uh, Colby, we've been, uh, we've known you for most of your life, uh, and I've known you for most of you've, you've, you've known Colby for his whole his life. His whole life. I've known you for most of it, uh, dating back to the very first uh, Lego model we built together uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 18 years ago or something. The uh, And so we've seen your faith develop as well, mm. which is kind of interesting, and you know, we've seen you take it seriously and look at different types of church and different types of um, kind of doctrine and theology and things. Um, do you think as you look at a passage like this, anything has changed in the way you read it from, say, five or ten years ago? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, when I started this, that opening line, he entered a boat, made the crossing and came as soon to his, into his own town. Yeah. 
I just had these terrible flashbacks to this seminar I went to by a Joannine scholar where they were talking about this racial interpretation of the Bible and just throwing out the whole historical interpretation and essentially devolving the Bible into the word of God is whatever you want it to mean at that given moment in your context. Oh, yeah. And at that time, they were talking about the idea of borders in the Bible and how Jesus was the ultimate border crosser. And how he's always crossing borders and he's illegal everywhere he goes. Oh, so what this is really all about is Jesus' ability to kind of move through the nations or something. Yeah, and to go to a place he doesn't belong. Right. Right. Mm. Because that first verse is essentially him crossing a border. Right, but they're not the crowd. But but when you read on, the crowds are not amazed that he's there. Right. Yeah. No one's like, no way, you got in a boat. Wow. Crossed over the. Yeah. That, That wasn't the biggest thing to strike them. No, no. No, but they would make a big deal about it. That's so funny. Right, right. I'd be more concerned by the fact they've got a John scholar interpreting Matthew. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's where it went wrong. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> well, that's right, because the bloke that taught me, uh, whatever it was, I think the bloke that taught me John had written the commentary on Luke. Right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's yeah. bright. Yeah, he, he interprets stuff in the Bible. It's, yeah. he's, it's all the same. It's fine. Well, I mean, beyond that silliness... Yes. There is, of yes. course, like a surface level view that mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to take of this, where, you know, God shows up, you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. there's a healing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. happy. But the level below that is did anything actually change? It's a great mm-hmm. question. That's a really good question. Because it says, you know, that last verse had given such authority to human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, where is the focus on like resurrection and on salvation and redemption? Like maybe there was a personal moment like with the paralytic, mm-hmm. but it's clear that everyone is very stuck in their ways and they've taken yeah. this, you know, crazy event mm-hmm. and made it a mundane part of their lives. It's a great question because it's, it, that's also related to something we've seen come up several times. Uh, ben made a hint of it in the last sermon he preached. Uh, the guy that gets... Lazarus gets raised from the dead. He's got to die again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a healing. Yeah. But it's not definitive. Right. I mean, it, it's emblematic of something that could happen in eternity. Yeah. But, you know, this guy will end up on a sickbed again. Yeah. And how often can we um, dismiss or forget the healing mm-hmm. if we haven't had a relationship? We haven't developed a relationship with a healer, right? Yeah. So we can... Everyone can be healed, mm-hmm. but then we're all going to just get old yeah. and die. Yeah, that is going to happen. Yeah. But what won't, get, won't ever get old is the fact that our sins are forgiven, mm. that we don't have to be the same people yeah. that we were a year ago or yeah. six months ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. That we are not defined by how we behave or right. our sinfulness or our righteousness. We are defined by the righteousness of Christ and that will never change. There's a, there's a couple of flags that um, you get uh, in the Old Testament that just sort of hint that God is going to do these kind of things. And, you know, you couldn't expect someone to have all of this uh, all all joined together, all the dots joined together. Right. But um, we have the opportunity to dig into things a bit. Um, it, in the sermon, I'll talk about Micah. We don't have to look at it too much now. But Micah 7 just asks the question, who, who is a God like you pardoning iniquity? Mm-hmm. And so you know, 
you will cast our sins into the depths of the sea, it goes on to say, as Micah 7, 18. Um, so it's telling us that there's a promise here that God is going to be a, a forgiver of sins. Mm-hmm. So, so we should expect God to be going around doing something to do with the forgiveness of sins. Right. And, and our psalm reading for, for the day this weekend is, mm-hmm. uh, is Psalm 103, uh, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. It's the Matt Redmond song. Uh, the psalm came first, uh, though it gets less airtime. And uh, it, in Psalm 103, it, it talks about God forgiving iniquity. That's verse 3. Um, but, but it also talks about healing. Yeah. And so, and so there's a link, I think, between, uh, in the Old Testament, between physical healing and spiritual forgiveness and, and a hint that God would come and do these things. God is going to come multiple times, Isaiah tells us, and, and, and bind up wounds and give sight to the blind and uh, enable the, the lame to walk. And he's going to come and heal. So Jesus, I think, is drawing all these threads together when he does the rise and walk command and then when he does the sins are forgiven command. Mm. So this is all, all makes complete sense. Yeah, This is what only God would do. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can expect the crowd to figure all that out there in the room because they've just seen a dude walk. And that's cool. Right. But, but he does say, they do say authority. Yeah, and they do give God the glory. Mm-hmm. And so the hope is that just like in any church service or in any big, massive church, mm-hmm. you would hope that at least a couple of people would walk away right. a little bit closer to God, asking a little more of a question or digging in deeper, like we talked about how Colby's done over the years and how we how mm-hmm. we all do as Christians, yeah. change our questions or ask new questions or ask deeper questions or look mm-hmm. further into a text. So... That's the hope, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I guess my first memories of a passage like this were just, oh, isn't it cool? The guy can walk again. Right. And Like, oh, wow, he does that. They don't, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, or in the other version of it where, where it actually talks about them pulling bits of the roof off to lure him down. Yeah. Like, I, I think probably my first reading of this as a kid was... Cool. Busted someone's roof. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, who's going to pay for that? Whose roof is it? Yeah. Would well, <laughs> yeah. they put it back? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd be pretty mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It, so so you've got you've got these little these little things, but the people do um, glorify God for the authority that mm-hmm. had been given to men, and the word authority is the one that Jesus vocalizes in verse six, where he says. The only reason I'm doing this physical healing is mm-hmm. so that you will know that the Son of Man, i.e., me has authority to forgive sins. Right. And they, so they are joining some sort of dots here. Yeah. I wonder what. I wonder what. (laughs) We'll know one day. I guess so. Further thoughts? Any final thoughts, Colby? Hmm. I don't know, it's just kind of sad. Okay, why? Why? Well, I always sort of come back to this. This isn't really unique to this passage. Mm-hmm. But it's sad to think that like God is right there with you mm-hmm. the whole time. Like just showing you thing after thing after thing. And people just can't see yeah. it can be in front of them, it can be told to them, but they just say no. Yeah. Over and over. Oh, and they yeah. just take it in their own way. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another thing about authority 
you know, about the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. I may not be a hundred percent sure about this because I'm not sort of a scholar on the Pharisees, but I feel like somewhere in the Judaic practices, they would be involved in the forgiveness of sins in some way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a whole temple system of sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Right. I'm, you know, they probably had to kill a lot of animals, rub themselves with blood, roll around on the floor, you know, whatever. But <laughs> like Jesus is saying, like your sins are forgiven. Like what's harder to do mm-hmm. yeah. to them mm-hmm. of like this very elaborate ritual system oh. to go about the forgiveness of sins. Right. It's almost like an attack on their authority and saying like, where does your authority come from? Oh yeah. 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 yeah the dismantling of the, yeah. Moving from the authority of God to the, the, the upside down authority of mm. men where they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep you from this special place we're going to keep you from being to have, being able to have a relationship with God unless you go through us. Yeah. And if I may, uh, you know, my pastor teacher would go over this a lot mm-hmm. about like ritual and reality. And his explanation would be at one point, you know, the Levites would have the people in front of them. They'd have a lamb. Mm-hmm. And they would say, this lamb represents the coming Messiah mm-hmm. who's one day going to die for your sins. You know, yeah. slit its throat. It's on the floor, it's squealing, blood shooting everywhere, and it's suffocating, and it's gruesome. And everyone has to witness this, and they have mm. to know that this is what the Messiah is going to go through mm. right. so that their sins will be forgiven. Right. But then after a while, it just became a transaction right? because people thought, hey, God likes one lamb, but I bet God will like 10 lambs a lot more. <laughs> yeah. And the priest, <laughs> you know, yeah. at 10 lambs, you're not given the spiel every time you slit its throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know you're just taking their shackles like, <laughs> that's just great yeah, yeah. so like there's this it. whole system uh-huh. and then why Jesus not get pre-packaged lamb just from the from the store yeah get it like with the liquids yeah could just be a kind of blended lamb yeah frozen pour it out over the yeah like get any of that stuff, but Jesus has to dismantle that system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for people to realize like why it was put there in the first place. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that's so true. It, it is. I mean, it's great that you say this It's another helpful comment because it, it also points to the cost yeah. of, of how this is happening. Mm. How is this healing happening? More importantly, how is this forgiving happening? Where's, where's the cost? Who's paying for it? Because there's a temple system. Yeah. And there's a cost. It's my lamb. It's a spotless one as well. It's a good one. Right. You know, that that hurt. Mm. Where's the cost? And the cost is standing there in the midst. Yeah. That's the bit that we, we don't see yet. We will actually address something called the messianic secret in a few weeks' time. Um, as this continue. It is a fun one. Yeah. Is why would it be that Jesus would initially conceal uh, his identity as the lamb mm. during these things? And we'll come to that in a few weeks' time. But it is a great comment to have made. It's a wonderful comment. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Colby. Of course, Tia. Um, you could actually have had the substantial theological point tune, Colby. Um, but we've actually you've actually also managed to finish the podcast. So, and I don't know, I don't know if I can play two at once. Oh. I don't know. I'm going to try it. Colby. Oh, hey, that was pretty cool. Nice. Could be a DJ. I don't know about that, honey. Okay, not that cool. Not that cool. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I'm enjoying myself. So this has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We've been joined today by our nephew Colby, which we've very much enjoyed. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Ben Hughes will be back from his holiday next week. Yay. And until then, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all very soon. Adios, amigos. Oh, I get it. Yeah, see.